What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, August 28th, 2020. A strange day. No baseball was played yesterday for the Detroit Tigers. Tigers and Twins mutually chose not to play a ball game yesterday. Many major league games were not played yesterday in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake. There is some news. Al Avila called a press conference on Zoom yesterday and discussed a, a few changes involving some pitchers on the taxi squad, and I will talk about that because it is actually uh, some some interesting news. Al Avila, if all, flaws and all, is extremely media-friendly and upfront, sometimes almost to a fault, but I, I will discuss that. But I, I got to talk about this news, and I, I get the frustration from all different sides. I, I really do. You guys know me, right? You guys know where I'm at my best. You You guys know where my bread is buttered. My, I am at my best. I am in my comfort zone talking about baseball, recapping baseball games, talking about the Detroit Tigers. I don't have the ability to do that today. And that is frustrating. And you are, and I said this yesterday, but it needs to be repeated. You are not a racist or a bad person for missing baseball yesterday. The fact is we have seen way too many non-baseball days here in 2020. And to have another one does hurt, especially in such a short season. Every day this year in which there's baseball is a, is a gift. And it's sad that there wasn't any yesterday. But I get it. I, I sympathize with the cause. And I know where this is going to go, man. I, I have many people on, on all different political sides who are going to listen to this. And many will roll their eyes and say, here we go. It's Chris again with his, you know, getting political. I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, I am out of my comfort zone here. I openly admit that. This is very strange. And I do not, nor will I ever claim to be a guy who has all the answers. I'm not. I can just talk about how I'm feeling. Because I think one of the issues we run into in America, especially with white culture, is that too many people inside of white culture think they understand black America. And you don't. You, you can sympathize with it, and you can make an attempt to understand it, but to fully grasp it, to grasp that reality is something you can't get and we will never get because a white person will never know what it's like to be black in America. And that, that makes this podcast and recording something like this frustrating because I, I feel sometimes very helpless. Like I can't bring anything new to this, but I've, I've brainstormed kind of in my head what I've wanted to say and I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of unleash it here. I think what we're seeing in this very divisive time in our country is a whole lot of people seeing an opportunity to cause change, to try to make America a better, more inclusive, less racist America. And while I have not experienced what these people have experienced, I sympathize with a cause like that. Because to me, there's no better legacy that a person can possibly leave than to have the world they exit be a better place than the world they entered. And that can ra that ranges, you know, drastically. It can range from having impact on social justice to just raising a wonderful family. You know, impacting your world is very different than impacting the world. But I think we're seeing a lot of people who who don't want to waste this opportunity to push forth change. And it actually reminded me of something within my own life. And I know some people might not want to hear this because it's it doesn't maybe necessarily relate to what's currently going on, but I haven't lived other people's lives. I've only lived my own. And I can speak to a certain extent, uh, not about racism necessarily, because that's not something I've experienced, but just in terms of 
seeing a movement that you feel strongly about and, and seizing an opportunity to hopefully cause some change. Growing up, you know, outside of 9-11, my entire existence since I was in kindergarten, or preschool even, has been defined by school shootings. People who looked like me going to schools like the schools I went to getting shot at the hands of a madman, of a mass murderer, of a terrorist. That defined my entire existence growing up. I was in fifth grade when Virginia Tech happened. I think I was in preschool when Columbine happened. I was in uh, my junior year of high school when Aurora went happened, the movie theater shooting in Colorado. I was, all, I was a junior in high school when Sandy Hook happened. I was in college for San Bernardino. I was in college when the, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting happened. That stuff defined my life. And even the smaller ones, every year, like clockwork, several times, you would hear stories about people like me getting shot in schools like the ones I went to. And I part of the reason I never liked school, and I've never talked about this with anybody. I haven't. Part of the reason I never liked school is because I never felt safe in school. And, and when I, especially by the time I got to high school, I, I, would, I would have this conversation with my parents. Like, I haven't talked about all of this this extensively, but I would have this conversation with them where I would say, guys, I don't feel safe. I, I know I go to a good school. It's not about that. But the fact is, I see these places that are getting shot up and... I feel like this could happen here. And even though you are so stupid when you're a kid, and 90% of what you say is incredibly unintelligent, that was one of those things where I was right. Yes, the the possibility of something like that happening uh, where I went to school was small, but it could have happened. That's what they said in Aurora and Columbine and Sandy Hook was, oh, it could never happen here, but it did. I never felt safe in school. And it angered me. It angered me to my core at a young age that nothing was ever being done to combat how unsafe I felt. I felt like I lived in a world that didn't care about people my age, that didn't care about what would happen to somebody like me, and that if something, God forbid, were to happen, and somebody were to walk into my school, and I were to be shot, and I were to be killed, it would be, it would be for nothing. I would just be this, this small little footprint in history. That scared me. And in hindsight, genuinely, even at a young age, in high school, I regret not doing more. I regret not rallying people. I regret not taking a day or two off school in protest because I was so tired of it. This would happen all the time. People my age or younger getting shot and killed and nothing ever happened. It never led to anything. And right now, at the age of 25... Well, boy, oh boy, I am a long ways away from ever having a child. If I were to have a child, the anxiety that I would feel sending him to school would be the exact same anxiety I felt going to school. Nothing's changed. And to bring it back around, I think that's what the Black Lives Matter movement, I think that's what black people in this country are seeing is they're so tired of things not changing. And they tried peacefully protesting. They tried kneeling for the anthem. And it led to nothing and and it's resulted in these dramatic examples guys not playing their sports you know the, these are huge deals a sporting event is a big deal every night no matter what no matter how many games are played in the season it's a big deal especially during the playoffs like what the NBA is going through right now guys choosing not to play this is a dramatic example I hope it's opened a lot of people's eyes one of the things and oh boy all right here we go this is probably gonna get controversial but whatever man I, I think I'm I think I'm rolling right now one of the things that has been brought up 
in this country for the last, and I can't believe it's been this long now, five years has been America's great. Make America great. Keep America great. And John Stewart brought this up in an interview he did a couple years ago, and it was so freaking true. No one has ever said what it is that makes America great. No one's ever talked about what the metrics are. What are the intangibles that go into a great country? And to me, what's happening in this country right now with movements like Black Lives Matter, with with movements like guys deciding not to play uh, these games, is an example of what makes this country great. America is a perfect union because it is an imperfect union. Like, the strive for perfection is something that we will never achieve, but progressing and moving forward as a country is what's important. Trying to create change and, and, and build for a better future, that's what makes this country better. That's how this country has grown. If things never changed over the last 50, 60, 70 years, guys like Cameron Maben and Nico Goodrum or Mookie Betts or, or, or any of the, the incredible black athletes in Major League Baseball right now, they wouldn't even be allowed to play in the Major Leagues. Like, I'm sure 70 years ago, there were people who said, what is this about? What is this movement? Uh, They want black people to play in the Major Leagues? This is ridiculous. Well, guess what? It led to change. A whole lot of change. And what we're seeing right now, to me, and this will be the end of this segment here, what we're seeing at this point, to me, is an extension of Martin Luther King's dream. When you listen to what Martin Luther King said in the in his I Have a Dream speech, it was not, I have a dream that racism is going to be solved by next Tuesday. The idea was, I have a dream that we can grow from this, that we can, as he put it, climb the mountaintop and get to a point where we are equal. And as a country, you know what? We have taken a lot of steps forward. There was a time in which the idea of athletes, black athletes sitting out and not playing the sport that they get paid to play would have led to them getting shot or, or, or lynched. There has been progress, but progress isn't enough. Equality will be enough. And that doesn't mean that next week police brutality is going to stop. Like I see all these tweets that say, what are these guys saying? It's not going to get anything done. Yeah, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not a week from now, but 20 years down the road, when we, when we tell our loved ones about what happened, it will inspire change. Like, and I know this, I know this for a fact. This is what it's going to lead to. It will lead to change. What they're doing is something that will work. So I'll get off my soapbox here. I'm sure for a lot of people this wasn't a particularly enjoyable first segment. And I'm leaving a lot of stuff out. I do want to say because you know a lot of this revolves around police brutality. I have friends in law enforcement. And I care about them. And I root for them. And they're wonderful people. There is a lot of good out there in the world, even in some bad places. We just, we have to try to find it sometimes. And I just wanted to bring that up because I don't want any group to feel like they're isolated when they listen to this podcast. I've been, I talked about that with the the Tom Brenneman statement. Like, this is a very inclusive podcast, an inclusive environment. So that will do it for segment one. When I come back, we're going to talk about some much lighter stuff mainly the news that Alavila dropped yesterday regarding the health of Alex Fiedo and Matt Manning. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, 
Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back after what was a very long first segment. This, per usual now, will be a short second segment. One thing i got to bring up, too, there will be a doubleheader today. Two ball games today between the Tigers and the Twins starting at 1-10. By the time you listen to this, you'll know, but as of the time of this recording, I'm not completely sure what the pitching matchups are going to be. And I, I do enough of that previewing this stuff. You know, you can look that up and I'll be back next week and we'll be back on a regular schedule. But the news I wanted to talk about, it was broken by many sources, but I'm just reading off of Jason Beck right here. He said that Tigers announced that Matt Manning and Alex Fieto will be shut down for the remainder of the season. Both have dealt with right forearm strains, according to GM Alavila. Concerning, you hear forearm, that's troubling, especially for young pitchers. They also said that they have consulted with four different doctors, I believe, to make sure that this was something that wasn't more serious. And it looks like it is just right forearm strains uh, for the time being. And I, well, a month left in the season, I'm, I, I get why they're shutting him down, sadly. Alex Fiedo, from the beginning, even when he was great at Florida, even when he went you know, first round to the Detroit Tigers, a lot of people talked about his mechanics. And I remember there was a great article that was posted that his windup and his delivery is one that leads to a lot of injuries. And even with him cleaning up his mechanics over the last several years, I do think this will be something that he will probably have to deal with. This is not a surprise to me for Matt Manning, and I'll tell you why. Look, his stuff is excellent. I've talked about this many times. To me, it might be an explanation as to why he's just looked so bad when he when I've seen him pitch. Like, going back to pre-pandemic, going back to February, when I saw him pitching in spring training, he didn't look good. You know, he got bat a little bit, but he was also giving up home runs and doubles and a lot of hard contact. Fajardo was the same way. And for it was one of those weird things where I immediately jumped to injuries. Anytime a pitcher has unbelievable stuff and they're getting hit around, you can blame it on command, but he was keeping the ball in the strike zone. He was just getting hit. It just made me think that his stuff may be a little bit flatter than usual, and usually that is because of injuries. So it's a precautionary thing. I know there's a lot of really disappointed people, and I understand that. We want to see these guys here pitching in Comerica Park very soon, but if it means keeping these guys safe for the next several years, then it's a necessary thing, in my opinion. Lastly, and this kind of put an end to any rumors, Alavila said that Spencer Torkelson will not be getting called up at any point this season, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. I know some people are disappointed by that. He just turned 21. I've mentioned it before, but it's worth repeating. Spencer Torkelson was behind the eight ball the second they shut down the college baseball season. And yeah, he got drafted number one overall. He deserved to. And I can't wait to see him play here. But the guy had not had a single competitive at-bat in three months. That was against college pitching. 
He gets, what, two weeks in summer camp, faces some some major league pitching. Right now he's down in Toledo facing more minor leaguers. I think he's going to be awesome here, but that that would be such a huge risk to call him up. And the idea of potentially straining his confidence, I don't know, I think it'd be devastating. I completely understand this decision. And right now, you know, he's a third baseman and a first baseman. They're kind of set there. I mean, they have three guys who are playing third base. I'm not saying any of them are good, but you got them there. And you still have Isaac Paredes, who's a rookie who just got called up. So I have no, I have no issue with them keeping Spencer Torkelson down. Okay, so that will do it for today's show and this week's worth of shows. Obviously, some heavy subject matter. If you're still with me, I appreciate it. And uh, look, this is one of those times I think in this country, one thing that a lot of people don't allow and try to shun is free discussion. I want to see what you guys think of this. I I would like to know uh, what your opinions are on this whole thing because I know there's a lot of people who are really frustrated. I'm not saying I'm going to agree with you, but I think it's important that we listen to that dialogue. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. On my Twitter page, you will find the link to that channel. We just crossed 1,000 subs. Let's get those watch hours up. Let's get that subscriber count up. It would be much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening and putting up with what's been a very strange week. It really means a lot. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.